0: This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the fire that. What a goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strong.
1: We are back and we are live on Pulse95 Radio. Shout out to everyone who's tuned in wherever you're tuned in around the world, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com. Our app, sharja Broadcasting Authority... Even you're chilling at home, watching us live on YouTube. Thank you very much for connecting with us today. And what a treat I have for you today. We talk about hitting heights, but this show just took a whole different leap after who I've got on the show today. Karen Leon is on the show today. She's an Australian-born health and fitness advocate who holds a BA in medical science, grandkids, and international health, and also is a health coach. But that's not all what she is. In 2015, Caroline fell from an outdoor rock climbing wall in the UAE. She was immediately rushed to hospital with life-threatening injuries that included two shattered feet, a displaced and fragmented right pelvis that was no longer connected to the left side of her body, and a bust fracture to part of her spine. Now that's just that's just the, the, the you know the toppings that we're talking about because she's been through so much in her career, not only that she is inspiring. Thousands and thousands of people. We're going to be talking to her right after the break. We're going to play some. Um, we're in that kind of acoustic mood, but we're also in that kind of good mood. So, Mustafa, don't worry. I'm going to have these tunes for you ready. Uh, Maria, come through is on next. So I'm sure you're going to be enjoying that. Stay tuned on the only place to be at three. The halftime show on Pulse ninety five. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. Come on, come
0: on. 95. Oh, he loves the what a This is the halftime show with Omar Odori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh! Better than nice! Wonderful!
1: Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yes, we are back and we are live, and I hope you're having a fantastic Saturday wherever you're tuned in around the world. Shout out to Hadil. Uh, who know me is tuned in from New Jersey and is in London at the moment. Um, and also, thank you very much for everyone who showed up yesterday at the Alma Jazz Amphitheater. We had so much fun. Myself and Aisha Al-Mazmi were giving out prizes yesterday. And oh my God, the whole night was topped off by the most beautiful angel who was three years old who sang Biladi. if you haven't checked it out check out my instagram stories at omar duri oh my god i was melting melting yesterday uh anyway we've got a fantastic guest on the show today caroline leone is in the building oh my god how you doing I'm doing well Yeah, we we made it We finally made it And we're here And um, thank you very much For coming on the show Well,
2: thank you so much For having me It's It's, a
1: pleasure It's my pleasure It's my pleasure Now, I was talking about Some of the things That you went through And already on the Instagram People were saying Wow And ouch And all sorts of things Um, How did you fall in love With mountaineering?
2: I think, um, so I'm an Australian, mm-hmm. and I think it's part of Australian culture. We grow up swimming and outdoors and hiking and just being in nature. And I think it was embedded in my body mm. uh, just to be in love with nature. And I think it's a really symbiotic relationship. I really need to be in the outdoors. It's good for my mental health. Mm. And uh, and the outdoors <laughs> apparently needs me too. Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> absolutely. And, and you've, um, oh, I'm looking at the stuff here you've gone to your journey included Turkey, Iran, Syria, Lebanon, Egypt Jordan, Iraq, Saudi Arabia Bahrain, Kuwait, Qatar, Oman and the UAE and since your Guinness attempt Karen has gone to speak publicly about mindset healing and traveling across the Middle East and shared her story with TEDx I'm in awe <laughs> right now uh, as a result of the expedition Karen was awarded the Hero of the Year Award what, what's that like? When you've got all of that under your belt.
2: Uh I I'm not sure what it's like, to be honest. I'm, I try not to really think about it. I just try and think about doing stuff that's really authentic to me. Mm-hmm. And I know after I had my accident, so it took me four years after my accident to kind of heal and recover and start walking. And I remember climbing the first mountain, which is a little mountain in Australia. And when I got to the summit of that mountain, I was just so alive mm-hmm. and so happy. And I wanted to do something else. And I wanted to do something that would definitely draw the line across the sand, like I could never be disabled after I did this, whatever it was at the time. Mm. And uh, I was searching on Guinness and scouring Guinness uh, for something incredible to do. Mm. And I realized that no one had tried to climb all the mountains in the Middle East. And uh, I've lived here for the last 13 years. The Middle East is my home, and I love this region, and I love this place, and what a beautiful way to honour it than to actually go and see all of it. Mm. And so I just did it. So it's not anything that I think about. It's just me trying to be authentically me Mm. and in the process of doing that I just ended up going to every country in the
1: (laughs) world just casually just just casually (laughs) oh wow Um, there's a couple of heavy words you mentioned there and uh, we're going to take a quick break for the prayers but I'm just going to go over them disabled is a heavy word I'm, I'm not at ease with that word and you say it so casually and, and what you've overcome has been remarkable to say the least we're going to be once we come back from the break I'm going to ask you about that and a bunch of other things as well okay so, so don't go anywhere please <laughs> we'll be right back after this <laughs> this is
0: the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri.
1: Sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Dury. I'm your host, Cover Everything Sport International, Local. Glad to everyone who's tuned in and thank you very much for all your comments and your lovely, lovely emojis as well. We're in that kind of mood today. Uh, Caroline Leon is in the building and she is here talking to us um, about her experiences, about mountaineering, about... Uh, We left, just before the break, we left you on a cliffhanger. Yes, pun intended. Uh, As she said the word disabled. And I was kind of like, that's a heavy word. And she looked at me, she smiled. And I noticed that it's also on your Instagram as well. Um, The doctors said to you that you may no longer walk again. But yet you're still doing what you're doing and you still kind of defied that. Um, Tell me more about, firstly, the injury, how it happened. And then... um, Walk me through that process.
2: Yeah, so I was basically out on an outdoor rock climbing wall and I decided very stupidly to climb the wall unharnessed. Completely my fault. Like, I had been very adventurous in the sense that i'd climbed loads of cliffs before in my life um i'd seen cliffs and then just you know on your bare hands and feet climbed the whole thing mm. hundred meter cliffs with rocks and water at the bottom um, and so i climbed this outdoor rock climbing wall and when i got to the very top i kind of put my hands over this little beam and i remember looking out into the sunset and i just had this little ping in my heart, and I remember looking for a- another way to go down the wall. Mm. And uh, at the center of the wall was this like dilapidated staircase that was made out of iron, but I had to almost like crawl along the beam and we're 15, 14 metres off the ground Mm -hmm. and then cross this one metre gap to the other beam and then descend through the staircase and I decided, no, no, that was too dangerous so I I went down the same way that I came up and the first peg or inclet that I put my hand into it just came off the wall and the last thing I remember seeing is like my hand in the air and then I just plummeted and I landed on my feet onto gravel and my feet shattered and my pelvis smashed and my whole right leg disconnected from my body and my pelvis moved up into my rib, rib cage, mm-hmm. but it just it shattered essentially and my pubic bone snapped off and then my spine burst and uh, I lay on my back for a few moments completely conscious And a few seconds later, I decided to roll onto my side, completely ignoring all of the first aid training. You know, they say never move. So I rolled onto my side and I felt all the bones in my body move separately. They went dung, 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 dung. And I lay on my right side thinking to myself, oh, wow, that really shouldn't happen Mm. and there was something really uncomfortable about laying on my right side I couldn't I didn't realize at the time that it was because it was completely broken and so I rolled over onto the left side and felt boom 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 and then I stayed on my left side and I started hearing people around me and my focus just got really really small and I was just looking at the sand in front of me, just listening to my heartbeat, and I remember the sand in front of me turning red. And at the time, you kind of lose your sense of understanding reality, mm. because I could see that it was red, but I didn't connect that it was red, because it was me, it was my blood. Yeah. And people around me were talking about my feet. They were like, something was really wrong with my feet, and I didn't realize my right foot had actually come out of my body and was like, out. And uh, I just lay there essentially until I felt someone tap my right shoulder and uh, he was saying my name really loudly and then he was like, Caroline, can you hear me? Can you listen to my instructions? Can we turn you around? And it was the paramedic and he was Hmm. explaining to me what they were doing. So he put something on my neck and then they they put this gurney behind me and then they rolled me onto my back. And uh, he was just, you know, touching my leg. Can you feel this? Can you feel this? Can you, can you breathe? Lots of questions. And uh, and then before I knew it, I was in an ambulance, and I was in a hospital, and I ended up being in hospital for two months. And obviously, as you mentioned, I had 14 surgeries and 23 blood transfusions, like day after day after day. I would have a huge surgery to reconstruct part of my body mm. and multiple blood transfusions, and then I would just wait, and then three or four days later another huge surgery and then another huge surgery and by the time I left the hospital I could not I couldn't um, I couldn't sit up I couldn't walk I couldn't roll onto my side I couldn't go to the bathroom on my own I couldn't do anything mm. I was literally flat on my back for a good uh, almost a year
1: and when was this
2: this was six years ago yeah
1: wow does it feel like a longer time a shorter time so, what's um, happened in that in that time?
2: Yeah, t- look, time is an interesting concept because in some stages it goes very quickly, and mm. in other parts it goes very slowly. And now I look back and I I can't comprehend that that was me in that place. Mm. Uh, but at the time, it was very real and it was very very hard. Mm. Uh, yeah.
1: And then, so you've been in and out of surgeries and hospitals, and the doctors. Uh, said to you that you may not walk again Mm. now you spoke about mental health again earlier you said something that how this helps with your mental health at that stage what's going through your mind
2: it's a it's an interesting place because you are in such a basically people are looking after you 24 hours a day like you have someone that comes and cleans your body and washes your body and then changes your nappies and changes your catheters and does they keep you alive and so you are really dependent on so many people but when you leave hospital and you end up in a hospital bed at home it really is just it's you mm. and it's you and you mm-hmm. <laughs> and you almost kind of dissect into two personalities and one is in your favor and wants you to get better and wants you to be the best version of yourself and wants you to get off of this wheelchair and the other version of you that kind of starts to grow out of this is like you're never leaving this bed ever. Mm. You're never going to walk. You're never going to have a job or a career again. You're never going to do anything. And the overwhelming sense of oh my god, that's my reality can can be a lot. Mm. And so for me, I think I've spoken about this quite a lot. It's it's a lot about how do I feed the part of me that is in doing things for my best favor. Yeah. And uh, and like being outdoors and eating well and exercising, they're feeding the, the good parts. Mm. Um, and so I just turn the volume down on on the stuff that isn't going to get me where I want to be really, mm. essentially. It's still me, yeah. but it's the, the darker part.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: Does that make sense?
1: It, absolutely. It makes sense. But for those people that are going through similar things or even their own challenges, so to speak, how, how do you advise them to reset? How do you advise them to get themselves back on track?
2: I think uh, your environment plays a lot in how you manage your own mental health. So improving that first. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like nutrition and making sure that I sleep really well and that I eat really well and that I exercise and that I hydrate because the biochemistry of your body is completely influenced by those things. Mm-hmm. But then on a deeper level, it's... Um, It's listening. So you are taking information every single day and so absorbing the right type of information. Mm. So I listen to things that are going to propel me in in a positive direction. Mm. People that are inspiring, people that... um, uh, there to support me in that process as well, and who are also doing it for themselves. Yeah, uh, that's really important. Yeah. I forgot your question. What was it? No,
1: no. Actually, you answered it. I was, I was talking about how, how you reset and eliminate the negative thoughts and focus on the thoughts that are feeding, you know, your nervous system and mm. and uh, your sympathetic versus your parasympathetic, all, all these different things. Um, it, it's it just sounds so surreal, like the way that you're talking about it now, from how it was before once you've kind of got to that stage where it's like okay now i'm trying to do the right thing by getting my environment my exercise my nutrition everything right what happens next
2: uh honestly this is spanning like years Mm. but um initially it was just making myself really comfortable Mm -hmm. like uh i've Started to feel really irritated laying on my back Mm -hmm. and so I had nurses that would help me roll onto my side so it would take four nurses they would roll me on my side I could only tolerate it for a minute but then it would make me feel better Mm. and so I was doing these very very small incremental things that just made this massive difference to my mood Mm. and then I was like oh my god I can roll onto my side what else can I do and so it was just like one day I could move my toes and then I could wiggle my leg and they were just huge. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like,
2: I can move my toes, I can wiggle my leg and uh, then I was like, okay, I, I know I'm going to be able to sit up. Mm-hmm. I can do this. And so my physio was like, you know, press the machine on the hospital bed and every day like, zzz, mm-hmm. like sit up mm-hmm. and stay sitting up for five minutes and I would look at the clock and I was sweating just going like looking at that five-minute mark and mm-hmm. as soon as it was five minutes, zzz, I would lay down and then like Collapse Mm. because it was exhausting, and you're in so much pain like mammoth's amount of pain—that it it becomes unbearable. And so, little things like that. Mm. Then the next day, it's six minutes, and then it's like, oh, okay, I can sit up. Now I needed someone to teach me. Like, all right, I need to be in a wheelchair. I need to move to a wheelchair on my own because I can't have someone pick me up all the time. Yeah. So it was little, really incremental gains. And then once I started to get confidence in myself, then I went crazy and I started. to do silly things like I would get a disabled taxi to come to my house and I would get into my wheelchair on myself and then I'd be like I'm going to the mall on my own wow. um, things like that it, I was definitely not ready for things like that but i think it's uh it was yeah i had to try i had to go to the mall on my own and then realize no 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 home is so much safer and better Mm. so i had uh yeah some interesting experiences
1: very cool right we're gonna take a quick break hello benoit to you too man thank you for connecting us (laughs) and mustafa saying ouch and hats off to you as well we'll take a quick break uh we're gonna play some rudimental sun comes up this is one of my favorite artists james arthur out there enjoy this track and we'll be right back after the break
0: this is, the show with this is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on pulse Oh, he loves the fire and What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful!
1: Time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar al I'm your host, come Everything, Sport International, local. If you are kicking yourself for missing the show, don't worry, you can catch all of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or if you prefer a visual and want to see our guest in the flesh, then head over to our YouTube channel, Pulse95 Radio, and you get to see me interview some fantastic guests. Um, we've had some, um, some questions here already coming through, and normally I do save it. Till the final segment but because it's fire i'm not even sure if we can be able to get all these questions in so what i'm going to do is i'm going to start with you guys now mustafa you asked um, a question you said uh, to karen did she ever visit back the accident location
2: yes i have i went back a couple of years ago
1: mm-hmm. how did that feel
2: mm, at first it was really surreal mm-hmm. and uh And then I just uh, found the silver lining. First I cried (laughs) and then I found the silver lining, which was like, I just had to make something great out of this. Mm -hmm. I learned a lesson, I did something really stupid and now I just have to dust myself off, pick myself up and just do the best that I can.
1: So, Mm, Dust yourself off and try again. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got another question here from AK saying, most valuable lesson she learned from her experience?
2: Ooh, I learned so many valuable lessons. Mm -hmm. One thing that I really... that really stuck with me. A lot of people say that the UAE can be very superficial. Mm-hmm. Um, it's glitzy and there's so much glamour and and I actually found the complete opposite. I found uh, so many people were so generous with their time. Everybody wanted to help me. I had, um, I actually had no insurance at the time so I had a GoFundMe and people raised 150,000 dirhams for my hospital bills. Wow. I had friends buying me a hospital bed and wheelchairs and people just so unbelievably generous mm-hmm. and I really really owe that to to the uae they mm. were just amazing and amazing. it was my local friends and my friends from abroad friends everywhere mm. people really band together when you when you're in need yeah when you're in need yeah mm. and uh that's what i just i found that people were so beautiful and generous and i really learned how to reciprocate that generosity
1: mm, i like that um another question here you must have had some really dark days what kept you going
2: I had so many dark days. Mm. Um, Well, one thing that kept me going, and I actually still do this today, is I listen to really good stuff all the time. So I listen to uh, amazing, interesting podcasts. Most of my Instagram is disabled athletes that are just doing unbelievably incredible things. Mm. And so listening to that, having it in my mind all the time, um, makes me want to be better than than the dark voice inside my head
1: Mm, no that makes sense and um, you've you've had a lot of experience obviously with different energies and and every mountain breathes a different energy you've summited obviously a lot of mountains can you tell us a little bit about the different mountains that have different energies
2: yeah um I am very superstitious Mm. in the sense that I really believe that land has a lot of meaning to it. And uh, all of the mountains that I've gone to, I've learned something really profound in each of them. And afterwards, I learn the story of the mountain and the mythology, and then it gives me this contextual idea of of what this mountain represents. For example, I was saying this story to you about Kilimanjaro. Mm. She is one of the most beautiful mountains, and I really feel feel like she wakes up your sleeping spirit. So when people go climb her, something happens to them and they just, like it's a very hard process to be Mm. on that mountain. But it wakes you up and it makes you want to do these amazing, inspiring things. I know people who have have not been interested in mountains at all. They go climb Kilimanjaro and next they're like, I'm doing the seven summits and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Mm. And uh, I've seen it enough times now that I look at her Kilimanjaro mm. and uh, I think to myself huh that's, that's your energy you mm. wake up people's sleeping spirit so that's what I've
1: dubbed her <laughs> I, I like the way you again you keep saying her mm. like it's a person mm. that, and for me that's new because obviously I, I don't know half of the things you, you know, you've been through and you, you've got a chance to experience these amazing things the way you're saying her and the way you're referring to this mountain is as if it's an actual living person
2: yeah, because it feels like that. Yeah. Like uh, you will. It's it's really interesting. Have you ever seen uh, like Fourteen Peaks? That Netflix documentary. Just recently. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you get to the very beginning, you see them uh, saying a prayer to the mountain. Mm. Uh, so the mountain, like even Everest, she has a spirit. And before you go to her, you say a prayer and you ask for permission to go onto this sacred land, because mm. that's essentially what you're doing. And uh, in some cultures, like the Tibetan cultures, they actually think that. when you do a pilgrimage you pilgrim to a sacred land and they normally do this across mountain ranges and so for a lot of a lot of religions uh, a mountain is sacred
1: Mm. can you tell me if you could label some of the mountains that you've summited with like a word or two can you throw some my way
2: yeah go on so I'll give you, so I, when I was on Mount Hermon in Syria, mm-hmm. she is ethereal, would be the, the word that okay. I would use for that mountain. Um, supposedly, uh, Christ climbed that mountain and he drank from a stream, like Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it's very interesting to go to some of these historical places mm-hmm. and and be standing there thinking, oh, my God, there was someone who stood here 2,000 years ago and drank from this well. Mm. Um, so that's ethereal. When I went to Mount Ararat in okay. Turkey, mm-hmm. uh, Noah's Ark is supposedly buried on that mountain. Nice. And you look at the landscape and it's so beautiful. You have the clouds underneath you and the sky is just this iridescent purple and pink. And you see the sun setting and it's just it feels like, oh, this is what what heaven looks like Mm. does that make sense it
1: does it does it's
2: it's just the landscape it's just so so beautiful
1: Mm. give me one more
2: um one more oh i'm under pressure (laughs) (laughs) um so the other mountain that i really liked is mount damavand okay um she's a little bit different in in the sense i would actually say it's a he Mm -hmm. and he's a little bit darker how can you tell the difference I don't know. I I, I don't know. I can't tell the difference, really, but just Mount Damavand is a bit... It's like um, it makes you have a battle with yourself about like good versus evil. Mm. And this is what happened to me anyway. The entire time on that mountain, I was, I can't do this. I can do this. I can't do this. I can do this. I can't. And Mm. I was battling with myself. Mm. And when I learned the story of the mountain after, I realized, oh, this is... This is the spirit of this mountain, and this is what it evokes. And uh, the victor is obviously always, always good. Mm. Good always prevails, but mm. you have to have that battle with yourself, really, to see what you're made of and to see who's gonna win. So.
1: There wow, you go. I, just, I told you I was <laughs> gonna spoil you guys. Right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back after the break. We're playing some Mr. Easy go out of my way. Here we go. This is the halftime show. With Omar and Adori. Oh, on Pulse
0: 95, 95. 95. Oh, he lifts the pilot. What's a goal? This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice try!
1: Yes, we are back and we are live. And apologies for those who are tuning on the Instagram live as Karen exposed me earlier. Someone was trying to call me <laughs> and they were adamant on getting through. But now we're back and everyone can hear me now and they can hear her, which is even more important. Um, Mustafa had asked you a question uh, earlier about how you handled the accident and everything. And not only that, uh, Ali is just jumped in and he's like, so what are we talking about? All right, Ali, so let me... <laughs> Let's just start the whole show again for you, Ali. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. Um, actually, fantastic. The, the, the topic today is Hitting Heights uh, with Karen and Leon. She's um, uh, done some amazing things. I've said something here earlier While we were off air And you said it so casually Right To mark the end of her recovery In which she fully regained The ability to walk Unassisted Caroline endeavored To set a new Guinness world record To be the first woman In the world To summit all the mountains In the Middle East And the Arabian Peninsula A feat that had never been attempted By a woman alone (laughs) Just cash <laughs> you, know, you know when you try And show off to your friends And you say You know what today Yeah I slept 8 hours <laughs> And then you have something Like that on your On your resume That is crazy um, That must feel incredible
2: Honestly, it was one of the most beautiful experiences I had to mm. go to every country in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. As in, it was v- some some days I was visiting three countries in one day. So I went to Bahrain, uh, Kuwait and Oman mm-hmm. in one day. I, yeah, it was... That was insane.
1: <laughs> that that does sound, that's insane. She's just like that's insane. And that's crazy. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> amazing. Um, Terry's back on here. I don't think she heard you earlier. I think we had an, an audio issue, but she was saying um, you must have had some really dark days. What was the thing that you focused on to get through those days? Did you have a single thing that you focused on to get through the dark days, or was it something that you planned out? Did you map it out? How did that go? Oh no,
2: no, there was no planning. You can't plan mm. things like that. Um, you can definitely Definitely of uh, what I focused on was walking. It, that was it. I was I was gonna sit up, I was gonna have I was gonna shower myself, mm. <laughs> I was gonna get into a wheelchair, and uh, every day I was gonna do something to make that easier. Mm. And eventually I was like, oh I can sit up, I can do this, I can do that. And then one day I remember <clears throat> after so I had obviously my feet One of my feet had seven surgeries on it and the other one had three. And uh, I wasn't allowed to actually physically stand on them for about three and a half months. Mm. And when that time period passed, um, obviously there was lots of other issues with my spine and my pelvis, but I remember um, several months later, I stood up for the first time and I realized actually that I didn't know how to stand anymore. Mm. My feet weren't feet, they couldn't work anymore. They didn't know how to move, but I could stand. And uh, I remember that moment because in my mind it was like, oh, if I can stand, I can certainly walk. I didn't know how to walk, but I knew I know that I could. And so I just started to visualize it and imagine it every single day. Mm. So I was imagining myself getting dressed and walking. Mm.
1: How important is visualization and, and manifesting those kind of beliefs when you're in those kind of times?
2: I think it's the only, the only way, mm. because um, as someone, look, I speak only from my own personal experience. I can't speak for anybody else, but I know for me, it was about. Um, I have a voice that is very dark Mm. and I have a voice that is very light Mm. and if I give any (laughs) airtime to the voice that's saying, oh you're never going to walk, then I'm actually never going to walk and so I just had to shut it out completely and what I did to do that was to listen to um, podcasts and movies and videos and I was actually just watching educational content I wasn't Mm. watching Netflix or any TV shows, I was listening to Gaia and I was listening to this... uh, This channel at the time that was called Food Matters TV, and I was watching documentaries about people healing themselves and what they did, and listening to Tony Robbins and listening to all of these other inspirational speakers. Mm. There's an Australian man, I can't remember his name, but he has no arms and legs. I Mm. listened to a lot of him. Um, Just
1: Blakovich or or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, really
2: inspirational people, and I was listening to it all the time. The second that I took those earphones off, it was just my voice again, Mm. and my voice was like, You're not going to walk. And so I would. No, I'm not listening to, to to that voice anymore. Mm. And eventually, what started to happen is that their voices became my voices, mm. and then I started to believe everything that I was listening to. Mm. And the the little dark voice got smaller and smaller and smaller until it just had no more space in my mind.
1: Amazing, amazing, wowzers. Okay, um, someone here said. Uh, Rita said uh, oh seven surgeries no actually according to her 14 surgeries 23 blood transfusions and two years of extensive rehab um, yes that's the yeah, <laughs> that's so what we have on file
2: yeah the seven surgeries was on one foot on
1: one foot she yeah. had seven on one foot it was at the right foot
2: yeah
1: and then three on the left um and then AK is saying, that's why we need a special episode on power of subconscious mind. I like it, AK. Mm-hmm. I like the way you're thinking now. Um, Terry's saying you're an absolute inspiration Thank as you. well. And um, w- so with, with everything that you've, you've said and, and you've mentioned now, and it seems like you're a very determined person. You've, you've always, you're always setting yourself a goal or a target. What's the next goal?
2: Uh, wow. I have um, I have a lot of goals in my mind for mm. sure. Um, now, interestingly, I'm trying to work on my habits, which is the thing underneath the goal. Mm. Um, but ideally, so what I want to do next is actually climb the Volcanic Seven Summits. Okay. So I'm doing another Guinness World Record for that. Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm attempting another one at, actually at the end of next year. So I'm going to also, seven continents and climbing the highest volcanoes in each of those continents. Ideally, I'd love to do the seven summits too at some stage whenever my body is physically able to. Mm. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Do you have
1: a good relationship with your body?
2: Um, It's... I do. Yeah, I really do. The only thing that I found is that um, my foot... And it's only occurred to me the last couple of days because I've started training again. I think we spoke about this yeah. recently. Yeah. So I've started like my mountaineering training again and, uh, and I've taken it kind of up a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, I, I noticed my right foot. So I was thinking, oh, I'm going to go and try and fix this again and mm-hmm. try and have another surgery and see if they can repair it. Mm-hmm. So, wow. yeah. but at the moment I'm trying to work on my habits. Mm-hmm. Like I, I read, have you listened to Atomic
1: Habits? Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. So I'm working on that. Okay, on the structure of my goals. <laughs>
1: cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, where can we follow you?
2: So, um, mostly Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's uh, caroline.d.leon. D. Mm-hmm.
1: Amazing. And uh, and you were saying something earlier, actually, off air regarding content. Now, with all these people that are listening to you right now and on YouTube and on Instagram, and they're saying, you know. You, you've inspired them. Um, I think it's not necessarily how often you post. I think it's when you do. There are people out there listening and I'm sure they want to see and listen more to the things that you say. And so for that, everyone at the Halftime Show and everyone that's listening here, please make sure you follow her. She's been terrific on the show. And, uh, and as AK said, uh, a special episode should be coming up after this one um, Ali is saying 2013 I had a huge car accident didn't break a bone but my nerve system got messed up had to think about my movements and this took almost a year absolutely Ali and uh, and again you know listening to, to Caroline and listening to, to Ali you know make those kind of comments you, you go through things but having people like this around really does help uh, eliminate those voices that you don't want to hear and focus on the voices that you do how um, How was your experience on the Halftime Show?
2: It was amazing, thank (laughs) you.
1: you did great uh, remember guys you can catch us every Monday Wednesday Saturday 3 to 4 UAE time um, uh, uh, on Pulse95 Radio and also if you're out and about today head down to Al Majaz Amphitheater in Sharjah wow yesterday we had so much fun today Mika Latia and Anna Schofield are going to be there um, uh, giving away prizes so please please do make sure you uh, you head down there and support them it was fantastic yesterday we had a great time myself and Aisha Mazmi and that is full time on the halftime show thank you so much
2: thank you so much for having me my
1: pleasure alright guys I will be back here on Monday same time same place on the only place to be at 3 the halftime show on Pulse 95
0: this is Pulse 95 tune in live every Monday Wednesday and Saturday from 3pm